Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don, Donato Gucci. And remember to please subscribe to us. We can be found on all of the major platforms where you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction and to our guy, Mike Regina, for the JT and the Don pump up music. We have an action-packed episode, so let's get straight to it. Let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? I'm all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I, ca- I can't wait for this show. Um, you- you've got me a little fired up, so so let's get into you- it. Fired up. I, no, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't look yeah, at the final no. list of things you, you're talking about, and then I seen... I saw your little minefields you put in there. Your little, I see what you're trying to do with this episode, but nonetheless, this conversation that we're going to have was inevitable. So why don't we just get into it? What you got on, on the topics for us first to talk about? So we're going to start with Jim Harbaugh being mm-hmm. hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. So he's been hired um, as of, uh, we, we don't know the exact details of the contract, but Regardless, he's going to be the head coach of the Chargers for the upcoming season and for the near future, from what we can tell. So, JT, what are your thoughts on that hire? I mean, for the Chargers, just based on their last coach, I mean, this is probably the best that they could do. I mean, Hallbar is one of the top coaches on the market, whether we're in the pros or in college. So for them to land him, I mean, that's got to be a step up. Anything's a step up from Staley. I mean, me and you going out there calling plays as a step up from Brandon Staley. So I like it for I like it for Justin Herbert cuz at least he'll I think he'll have stability. I think Hallbar will has shown that he doesn't put everything on his quarterbacks to win. So that might be a good thing for Justin Herbert that actually might help him flourish even more. Only thing I want to see is who they hire as the GM because all for two reasons. One, GM's going to decide what kind of talent they bring in going forward. So I want to see that. And also, we forget with the 49ers, like he kind of had a not a great relationship with the guys in the front office. So I think that kind of led to him, you know, not being an NFL coach anymore. So I'm assuming by them hiring him first, they're going to vet that GM based on how they get along with Harbaugh. So other than that, like I said, I think it's a good hire. I mean, I'm excited for them, excited for Justin Herbert and excited to see what happens. Yeah, of course. It's a great hire for the Chargers. They make the big splash. They needed to do that. If you look at social media, I know JT says I don't look at social media. You, you don't. Social, you if don't. You, look at social you know media, absolutely nothing about social media. I don't know why you're trying to act like I don't know what I'm talking about. If you look at social media, as soon as it occurred, all of the Charger fans, however many there are out there, they were all excited about it. They applauded the Spanos family for finally making the big splash, finally going out and spending money on the head coach. Um, so from a Charger standpoint, tickets, publicity, all of that, great move. And he's proven wherever he goes, he does win. Whether it's Stanford, the 49ers, 
Michigan when he was a quarterback, right? Taking the Colts kind of an, the underdog team. But looking at Harbaugh's position, the first point is what you mentioned, the general manager. Without them having a general manager right now, unless they told them in the interview or that it's in the contract, from now on, if I'm a head coach or like an assistant for an NFL team, I want the uh, the Gerard Mayo type of contract. I want everything specifically stated in my contract. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I want it in the contract that I get to attend the general manager interviews and I have input into the decision. I get to attend all of that. Any discussions, I'm part of it, whether the candidate's there or not. So I want that in the contract if I'm Jim Harbaugh. And then two, so you brought up a good point there, but two, JT, they're going to be $27.5 million over the cap. They've got to figure out what they're going to do with, I think, Keenan Allen, Bosa, Khalil Mack. Like, they need to figure all of that out. So I think those guys are going to be gone. Like, you're the cap expert. I just don't know what the dead cat would if, be if they get rid of those guys. Yeah, I'd have to look a little bit more in depth. But all I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's, not, it's not small because otherwise <laughs> it would be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to cut these guys in the offseason. That's a move that we know they're going to make. It sounds like. It's not as simple as we make it to move on from those. Right. Three guys. No, but you're it, right. They do need to cut those. Contracts. It never, it never is. But the thing with that is, like you said, what's that roster going to look like now? Keenan Allen is older. That's great that you have Justin Herbert, but if that's all you have, I, I don't know. In Are you LA, saying Justin Herbert is no longer enough. No, but what I'm saying is he's no longer enough right now, and he has at least some veterans. If you're looking to rebuild, you're not going to instantly rebuild. Like you need core pieces. And I'm not sure that they have it quite there yet, but I think more importantly for Jim Harbaugh is he's going to the LA market and he's not going to be that big fish. We've, we've talked about it before. And I just don't know if all of that fits with Harbaugh yeah, was, he's, like, he's, was, he's all about he's all about building his culture and like he is the brand. Like and, you're right, LA is one of those cities. Like and, especially if you're not winning, you can't be number one. Like think about it. Like LeBron is in LA and it's like he not even number one in LA. Like think about it. Like I like it's not his city. He's just there playing for the Lakers and people like him. So right, I, I agree but, with you. Like Harbaugh is gonna have to deal. The with last that. the last point, real quick. Why I I'm hesitant on saying it's a great move by Harbaugh himself. He leaves Michigan. That was the first time they won a consensus, not a shared title in 97, a consensus title, I think since 1948 or 49. Think about that. You're a legend. You're a, you're a legend no matter if you went back and didn't win again. It was set. Like, go back, continue to build it, Chase Saban. But more importantly, he put himself in a division with Patrick Mahomes. We're finding out. It doesn't matter what Mahomes has around them. What do all? What do we always say? As long We're as not repeating Andy okay. Reid is there yeah, and Mahomes is there, they will continue to win. Why did Harbaugh put himself in that division? Like, I think that's where some of his arrogance may catch up to him finally. I mean, and, but, but realistically, where is he going to go? I mean, this is probably the best job on the what, market as far as how is Atlanta what, what not better? To write the how, ship. How's Atlanta not better? They don't have a quarterback. But they can get one with their. Yeah, but we have they have to get one and hope that he is good. We know Justin Herbert can play in the NFL and he's good. Like all that's that's why the Chargers is the most attractive job. The only other one that I thought was up there was the Raiders, and they already got their coach. 
but and, it, and it's in that same division. But I get what you're saying. Like, why would you want to go to the division with the guy that's been in the AFC Championship every game as a starter? I get that, but <laughs> some of it might be the crazy arrogance of Hallbar because he did the same thing at Michigan. It's like, why would you want to go to you got to play Ohio State every year? Like they're the king. He well, he didn't have maybe, any other options at that point. Maybe maybe, maybe it's the end. Maybe it's the like, end of the homes there. No we'll one, see. No one in the NFL wanted him at that point after what happened with him and what Trent Balky. So. We'll see. So we both think it's good, not great. We'll see what happens, but we both agree on this. We have to see what happens with that general manager, and we'll have to go from there. But uh, Chargers, congrats. You got a new coach. It's not Brandon Staley. At least you could be happy about something. There you but, go. But let's recap the divisional round. These games were actually really good this time around, man. No blowouts, really. Everything came down mm. to the wire. But there was one. There was one. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about it, but Let's let's go where everyone's talking about. Since you say you're on social media, you know we have to talk about this. Josh Allen, the Bills, they lose at home to Mahomes and the Chiefs. This is what everyone's talking about. Are we making too many excuses for Josh Allen? No, because all of the excuses are legit. And you see it year in and year out. He's been there only six seasons. He only started 11 as a rookie. He's only 27. Like... I think what's happening is, you know, someone like we're already putting him in the Dan Marino kind of spot. And it's like, relax. Like no one was criticizing Marino this early in his career. And he's had double digit wins, meaning Josh Allen every year. He turned the franchise around, giving them in 2020. That was their first division and first playoff win since 1995. 25 years it took. And this is the guy that did it. The defense couldn't stop Mahomes. Josh Allen had no turnovers. Diggs drops a huge pass in a critical situation. You go from OC Brian Dayball to Dorsey. That was obviously not the right move by the Buffalo Brass because then they had to backstep that and bring in Joe Brady. So, again, all legit excuses. You look at last year's game against the Bengals. He threw for more yards than Joe Burrow. The problem was, Josh Allen himself had to be the leading rusher for the Bills. And while Burrow had Joe Mixon rushing for 105 yards. And then this is the other thing. He either doesn't have the offensive weapons or the great defenses that some of these other QBs that have won Super Bowls recently. When you go look at it. Mahomes in Kansas City, we know all the weapons he had. Brady, even in Tampa, not only did he have the offensive weapons, a great defense. You go down the line, Russell Wilson, even as far back as 10 years ago, one of the best defenses in NFL history. I'm not saying the best, but teams put him up there, the Legion of Boom. So when you look at that, what does Josh Allen have? No running game, has a rookie tight end, Diggs is now over the hill, and that defense that people want to love, they had A.J. Klein as the middle linebacker. The guy had been out of football all year. I mean, I don't know what else the guy could have done except run for 300 yards himself, which is not realistic. And I know you're going to bash him, but those are all legit excuses, even though JT doesn't want to hear that. First of all, I, I hate that you even had to say, like, oh, I know JT's going to bash him. I'm not. 
Because that's not the question. The question is not, is Josh Allen not a good quarterback? Is he not talented? That's this not is the question. such a JT type are we, question. Are we, too are many. we making are too we many. making too many? Because you, know, you know, are you are you gonna let me talk? I'll let you I'll let you talk. I didn't interrupt you. I wanted to clarify the question because that's a JT <laughs> type of question. Are we making too many excuses for Josh Allen? Yes, we are. Wow, and, and, I was right. I knew has, what he was going to say. It has, no, it has nothing to do with his talent. It has nothing to do with him as a person. It has everything to do with the context of the situation in which we grade people that play his position. Like, he is the only quarterback that we give excuses to. We don't give it to Lamar Jackson. I know you're tired of having that argument with, with me, but we don't. With Lamar, it's like, we don't care if you're injured. We don't care if your supporting cast is not good. We don't care if your division is tough. Find a way to win. No excuses. They do the same thing to Dak Prescott. We don't care about the situation. We don't care about the circumstances. If the team does not win, it's all on you. And I don't understand why Josh Allen gets to operate in this, well, in this actual like nebulous situation. That's not fair. All quarterbacks get judged that way. Like even Mahomes, when, and when he struggled for a little bit, they're like, oh, you know, is he done? Is he not the guy anymore? Like Josh Allen is the only quarterback in the league that when he fails, we go and pull out a checklist of, hey, look, this is what was wrong, and this is why he did not succeed. No other quarterback gets that cachet. And to me, he hasn't earned it, hasn't been to a championship game, hasn't won an MVP, no all-pro seasons. Like, he got the money, he getting paid like a max player, but he hasn't done any of those things. So you want to talk about he could be the next Dan Marino? To me, when I saw that, that was an insult. Because Dan Marino was an all-pro quarterback throughout his career. I knew he was going to break all the records. The thing that sucks for him is he peaked too early. He went year one and never went back. At least he went. So don't compare him to Dan Marino. I said it like I said it before. This is a Philip Rivers situation if they did not win this year. And that's what it's looking like. He is somewhere between Philip Rivers and what Carson Wentz might have been if Carson Wentz had stayed healthy in Philly. A guy that's super talented, could win you some games on his own but it's also not careful with the football and it will cost you some way somehow. And I'm tired of us moving the goalposts for him because we don't do it for any other quarterback. So that is my point of why we make too many excuses of, for him. Now this next question. No, 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 no. Hold on. No, no, hold no, no, on. no, no, no. You, you got to let me, you got to let me listen. The we're going to, we're going to say the, the same no, no, shit. No, no, no. The fans you, don't you don't, care you don't, about give, the you don't give any quarterback fans, any other excuses like you the, give Josh Allen. The fans None. Don't, the fans don't care about what list we have coming up. They they want to talk about this issue because supposedly it's on social media. So when you talk about, I knew this question was eventually going to lead you bringing up Lamar Jackson off the bat. But let's face it. This is a Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson question in your mind. It's so let's not. Start, it's so not. let's start there. It's, but you brought, no, no, no. You first, brought first, him first, up. First, no, first of all, 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 each quarterback first of all don't, I mean, don't, mis, don't misrepresent what I'm saying. Lamar Jackson is in this conversation because of contrast. It's not a Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen situation. To me, they are both they are both top five quarterbacks. What I'm saying is treat Josh Allen just like the average sports fan treats Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott when they fail. And we don't. And if and if you're saying that that's not the case, then you're not being honest. And you know that's true. That may be the case, but what I'm saying is the case. We're we're operating in that world. But there's reasons for it. One, is Josh Allen an MVP? No. Okay. Is Lamar Jackson at least a one-time MVP? Yes. 
So that's the difference right there. If you want to be crowned MVP, so, you so, better so, play like it. So the guy, so the guy that has accomplished more with less, we're gonna grade him on his hold on, on his on. standard. Don't, I get that. But why that. does jo- why does Josh don't, Allen get to get to he gets to operate in the MVP on. level of cachet? But when he fails, it's like, well, he hasn't done those things yet. That's no, no, no. not fair. He gets he gets the MVP skill and talent, but don't ever don't be confused. He gets people the MVP pass. Yes, he does. People, people don't put him in with the MVP Mahomes. You are you are lying. You are lying. You are lying. You are lying, to, you are lying to the people that are watching this show a, right now. And you fact. know that's not true. It is a you fact. know that's not Lamar true. Lamar Jackson won an MVP. I guarantee you. If Mahomes had not won these Super Bowls, he'd be getting a ton of heat going into this game, too. And the other thing is, don't say – you can say Lamar's done with less, but don't ever say he's had a less of a team than Josh he has. Allen. That defense he is has. incredible year in, year out. If if Josh Allen had that defense Sunday, they win. Are you? Are we just forgetting the Ravens before this season, the past three seasons, one of the worst defenses in the NFL? Are we forgetting about that? And what did they do the last three years? Zilch. He yeah, did zilch. Lamar, he got hurt. Lamar he carried him to one seed until then, he couldn't do it anymore. But it was halfway through the year. What are you? T- oh my God! He's been Can hurt the, the last question? two years. JT. He has I, not here's, here's, here's thing. Here's thing. A season until, the last in, two years until he until got his contract. You, until you until you judge Josh Allen through the same lens that you judge the other guys in this league. I'm not arguing with but, you about this but, because you don't. And you just proved my point. But if we, Lamar would, if Lamar would have lost that game this weekend, what would have been your what would have been your because, your thoughts on him? Because JT, there's a difference. Everyone's expecting Lamar to win that. No, MVP. they are no not. Oh nobody. Now, nobody now, is expecting now, Lamar now to be successful. Lying, now no. who is lying to the fans? Who's lying out, to out. the fans? Everybody, nobody, most people aren't expecting Lamar to be successful. They don't want him to be successful. And that's a difference. Josh Allen, people are expecting him to be successful. And when he's not successful, it's like our, our guy is not doing it because of X, Y, and Z. Those situations and how people feel about them are totally different. And if you're if you can't see that, you choosing not to. It's not that he doesn't get criticized, but the re what I'm saying is there, there are different levels because Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, they're MVPs. They have been voted MVPs. At some point, you got to produce. You so, have so to win jo- the big so one. So is Josh Allen a top five quarterback in the NFL or not? I would say talent wise, skill wise. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm saying the whole the whole thing. Talent, accomplishments, how you feel. Is he in your top five? Yeah. I would put him. Did top he get five. in the MVP smoke? If not, no, you know what you But he hasn't do? won an MVP. You could. And he doesn't have his ass off the list. He take doesn't his have ass an off the list. He, if he doesn't, if, if we're if we're not talking about Josh Allen objectively, then he can't be in your top five. You can't say, "Oh, he's the next Dan Marino." Dan Marino was a top five quarterback every year he was in the league. So, are we giving Josh Allen the top five smoke or not? Dan Marino, to me, he doesn't get criticized. He gets he doesn't get criticized for not winning a Super Bowl. He almost gets a little bit of of empathy empathy because he didn't have a defense, right? He didn't have a running game. Guess what? Josh Allen doesn't have either. Actually, Lamar has the way better coach, head coach, too. Like, at some point, you need to win if you're an MVP. I like how when it comes to these arguments about Lamar Jackson, everything around Lamar all of a sudden becomes a positive. Like, but, dude, are, are we acting like Harbaugh is a top coach in this league? It's not. Because he, he almost should have been fired. Lamar has saved his job. 
Are we all of a sudden Lamar has all these weapons? He does not. Old ass OBJ is not a weapon to me. Mark Andrews, yes. I agree with you on all those points in turn, not the hardball thing. I think he is one of the better coaches. Let, nah, let's, I, let's, I, I think Lamar now, props him go, up. He's not ahead. a terrible coach. There, there's a him reason and, why. Him and Sean McDermott are very similar level of coach to uh, me. Oh, wow. Don't ever, don't ever say that. That that you're misinformed then as a fan. But I agree with you in terms of Lamar Jackson not having as much offensively. And I think he is a top five quarterback. What I'm saying is, and I, it's not coming from me. What I'm saying, why people do this and they give excuses to Josh Allen and maybe not to like a Lamar Jackson is you know the MVP argument has is nothing, that it has nothing to do with oh, the damn MVP. And we, we, next, we ain't got we ain't got to talk about it here, but you right, know why. Next, you know, ahead, you know next, what the difference is. The next is. question, if you're not gonna say, then go ahead. Next question. Like we know that. We know that, but what it's I'm be, saying it's, be, is, it's because he's a black quarterback that plays the way he plays. I have no problem saying it, but for me to say it is 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Because I, I I know we talk about this, it, this conversation, listen, we we get riled up. But it's it's insulting to have to say that when that's clearly I, what it is. I agree with you. Because I agree he does with not, you. because he doesn't throw the ball the way Josh Allen does. Doesn't look like Josh Allen it's, does. It's not just Josh Allen. It's different. It's, it's the other quarterbacks, right? It's all the other quarterbacks too. It's not just comparing to Josh Allen. What I'm saying, because you're right, that is the reason why Lamar Jackson gets a lot of smoke. We, we've both said that before, and that's why we both have him in our top five in terms of you know we don't care about all that other stuff or how it looks. What I'm saying with Josh Allen is if he was MVP and he still wasn't winning, it's like Justin Herbert. Herbert hasn't won that MVP yet. He's not getting that smoke. But you know what's coming for him is that smoke because now he has hardball. And if he ever does get into the MVP conversation, like a real MVP conversation, Justin Herbert should be judged differently to that. But jo- but the, but and this is and this is what I, exactly what I said about Josh Allen. The scenario that you're painting for Justin Herbert on the horizon, Josh Allen has been in that scenario for three but years. How he's been how? in that scenario? It wasn't his fault they lost to Kansas he's, City. He's been he's been in that scenario of all right. You showed me something. Now we're expecting you to perform in this next JT, tier. You know when which, you, you know when you know when he crossed into that stratosphere when the Bills took over this division and the Bills extended. When was that? Twenty twenty. When was that? 2020. 2020? Okay. So he's been in that tier since name 2020. Me a game, name me the game that he actually cost them and should take all the heat. Which game? Tell me. Because I know uh, when Lamar. The, I know the Minnesota, when, game, I know the Minnesota when, game where he threw interceptions and fumbled. See, that wasn't a playoff on. game. It wasn't a playoff game. Stop these regular did season he, games. Did, did, he, did he do anything to help them win against the Bengals last year? I home? just told you. He threw for more passing yards than Burrow. Not his He fault. needed to he do more. He, oh he needed to do goodness. more. Because guess what? If okay. It was, so, okay, so guess what? We can guess come what? to an agreement. We can come to an agreement. Stop. Stop. We can come to an agreement. Same thing. That Prescott put up 400 yards in the game. And it's like, is it what? is it the rest of the team or is it him? People are going to say it's that Prescott. All well, I'm saying I is said, I said it was the defense. Be consistent I, with Josh I Allen. I am consistent. People are not. I, I am consistent. I said it was that da- I said it was the defense, not Dak. But you're forgetting someone with Dallas. It's always the QB. They get too much credit in Dallas. This they get too much blame. But when when, it, when it's jo- when it's Josh it when it's Tony Josh Romo. Allen, we, when it's Josh Tony. Allen, we dance around. We Bro, dance around. Tony. It's already somebody else's fault. And I'm gonna go back to something I said in the offseason when we were talking about the whole Stefan Diggs drama. I know you're tired of hearing me, and I don't give a damn. We were talking about the whole Stefan Diggs drama. I told you this would happen. This is what happens on every team where there's a, a player like Josh Allen on there. At first, 
they blame the receiver or the weapons around him. Next thing, they blame the coach. And people get sick of that shit because guess what happened this year that that nobody, everybody talked about but was the real reason why they had to fight to get into the playoffs? Your boy led the league in turnovers again. Like, he's not getting blamed for that. It's Stephon Diggs is over the hill. Stephon Diggs dropped the pass. It's it's Sean McDermott's not a good coach. This is what happens when you don't keep it real with guys like Josh Allen. He has to take blame in this lack of success. And because he's a quarterback, that the status that he is at, he gets more blame. I don't care what team he's on. Of, because of if it was any other quarterback blame. on any other team, we'd be dogging the shit out of him. So a couple things. Can again, we move on to this next tell question? me again. No, no, no. Let's. This is a good one. Forget all the other ones. All the other one is fluff. These are the real questions you say that oh they God. they ask on social media. So when you go to the Josh Allen thing, I want to know because we can come to a compromise here. If you're going to blame him for some of these playoff games, which I think, of course, he's got to take some of the blame as the quarterback, but those losses are not on him, in my opinion. Just like Dak doesn't doesn't get that loss against Green Bay to a certain extent, but. Everyone started to get and put pressure on Lamar when he won his MVP and they scored zero points through three quarters against the Chargers that year. That is my point. So if we can come to a compromise that, a great coach. that we can come to the defense kept them in the game. He's not the offensive coordinator. Whatever, dude. The guy has a Super Bowl. That's what and I'm so, saying. But you can't have it both ways. What do you mean? He's won he a Super Bowl. Just zero points through three quarters in a he's playoff game. Won, he, okay, so the next time the Steelers never score, let's blame Mike Tomlin and not the offensive coordinator. Oh, so, it's, so it's the quarterback, not the coach. But you're doing the same thing in Buffalo when they have I success. Who said it was the quarterback? Because of all these things and not Josh Allen. You can't Who's, have it both ways. Who said it was the quarterback? What I want to know is can we come to a compromise – if you're saying that here, there's too many here's my, here's my compromise. Josh Allen might not be an MVP in the record books, but people think of him as an MVP caliber level quarterback. He's top five. You're in that MVP, whether you, MVP conversation, whether you got it or not. What I'm saying is give him the same smoke that you give Lamar and Dak, regardless of the situation. That's my that, compromise. That, that is fine to a certain extent, but that's, See, that's the, the bullshit I'm talking about. What, he's, what he's not an MVP. What instead? Because you not would not M do this for any other quarterback. He's he's not an MVP. He's not an MVP yet. So he's not an MVP now. So that's so that's so that's saving we, his ass. This is it, a, it is. This is, it a, is. This, this is the bullshit that deflection in this argument that I hate. Because people that back up Josh Allen don't live in freaking reality. You don't. You don't. This guy is universally a top five quarterback. Some people would say he's a top two quarterback. Nobody besides maybe you and me would put Lamar in the top three. Agreed or not? Yeah, so how I is mean, the guy that this, is universally ranked ahead yeah. of Lamar getting less smoke than him? They think he's a better he quarterback. They think he's more talented. They think he can carry a team more than Lamar can. Why does he get less smoke? That I, makes zero I, sense. I told you, MVP in the contract. I call MVP bullshit. Can we go contract. to this next question? Yeah, we can that's go. Bull, that's, that's a bullshit cop-out. Speaking of Dak, I know you put this in here because you wanted to buffer this argument because nobody brought up – nobody was going to bring up Dak. And the only reason I brought him up is because I saw this this question you, you snuck in. So let's talk about it. If Dak was on the Bills and Josh Allen on the Cowboys, would the outcomes be any different for those teams in the playoffs? No, I, I, I don't think because – the issues why their teams lost were not the QBs. It was either coaching or the defense. Like when Dak tried to make that comeback, 
the defense couldn't get a stop. I mean, they still scored 30-some points. And at one point, I think the Cowboys offense had scored two or three possessions in a row. But Green Bay would come down in five plays and score. So I think that the defense or coaching affected both of those guys. And even if you had switched, I think the outcomes in those particular games would have been the same. I don't know if the season would have been different, but in those games, the outcomes to me would have would have been the same. I will say when I first saw you snuck this question and I was I was like, why are you putting this in there? Because this question is basically softening the blow of why Josh Allen to get done, whatever the reason was. By throwing another quarterback in there, we're, we're softening the blow. You, I'm like, you, you brought it up. I'm like, you brought up but that. I only brought I only brought up that because I knew this question was on deck and I hated it. But I will say this. I'll agree with you on this. I don't think the outcomes for those situations would have been different because I don't think Dak could carry that team any more than Josh Allen did in that game or in that season. And I think Dallas probably would have still lost because, one, Green Bay was just on that game. Their defense, I mean, Joe Joe Barry, God rest his Packers soul, he's been fired. But, hey, man, he co- he coached probably the, the best defense performance of his Packers D.C. career. And the offense just was great, man. Like, no, they're not stopping Aaron Jones and his three touchdowns. Jordan Love and that that play calling by Matt LaFleur was great. So I don't think Josh Allen being there would have got him a W. Maybe the game would have been closer. Maybe Josh Allen's style of play would have would have been may help have been closer. But I don't think the outcomes for those teams would have been different. I don't think either of those teams would have won a Super Bowl if we swapped the quarterbacks. Yeah, I I agree. All right. Let's talk about this next one. And that was a question, by the way, not on social media, but on national media. If you ever watch the television every once in a while, JT. You know, according to you, I don't down. work, so I should put, be watching. Put your phone TV. down. Yeah, put the weights down and put the phone down. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this question up since it's in the realm of what we're talking about. On the flip side, Lamar did get it done. He got his playoff win. Is it time to give Lamar Jackson more respect? Yeah, so like, let's be clear. I think from certain people, and I think he's getting to the point where he's getting respect, more respect. Um, I would say, yeah, because he's got one MVP already. So well, I think time, before you answer, let me preface this by those who are listening. When I, when I ask this question, I'm not in any way insinuating that the doesn't, doesn't give Lamar Jackson respect. Like he does, he does respect Lamar. He thinks he's an excellent quarterback and he wished the Steelers had him. Like that's Absolutely. how much he respects. Yeah, if I, listen, I know, I know, we, I know. If we had him, JT, and I appreciate you you prefacing that because, like, even in our argument, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Again, it's not a knock on Lamar. I just think at this point, hey, high standard, right? And that's actually a compliment to Lamar, in my opinion. But, but if the Steelers had Lamar, we'd be playing this Sunday for the AFC title instead of Baltimore. Because I think our defense is just as good, if not better, with a healthy. I think y'all get better weapons than the Ravens. Yeah, we definitely have healthier running backs than Baltimore and better has. receivers. Like I think, so, and, I mean, y'all got two tight ends that that could probably be used. Like I think the Steelers situation would be much better. But yeah, we'd be. We'd be is, great. It, is it time to give Lamar more respect? So I think more respect. Um, maybe the question should just be respect, right? Because I think he's getting it, but not from everyone the way as you mentioned some of the old quarterbacks are other quarterbacks are so to answer the question yeah I think he should get I think he should get a little bit more because he is an MVP and we do hold those guys in high esteem and most people think and most people think he's going to get a second which at this point I think he should get a second and 
you know, he's got that brand new contract. Like usually with that, it raises the perception of guys too, even if they're false. In this case, his perception is reality. Like he is that good. But in, in a case like Daniel Jones, that contract makes him look better. Like, dang, what is it that we don't know about Daniel Jones if he's making this much? But, you know, I think if he wins a Super Bowl and it's because of him over the next two games, like, how can people not give him that more respect? Like, they, they've got to, you know, like, it's just hopefully they will. I'm just not sure if they will, unfortunately, because I think it goes back to what you were saying. Like, a lot of people do root against them. Now, I root against Baltimore, let's be clear, because I'm a Steelers fan. I never want th- I never want anyone in our division to win a Super Bowl. And I think you're the same way. You don't want to see the Jets. You don't want to see Buffalo. Oh, we don't have a choice. You, the Patriots you don't want to see New England, but you don't want to see them win it. No, That's the same with me. Now, with that said, though, I think that he's definitely capable of winning one. And so I already have that respect for him even though other people didn't feel he should be a first round pick or maybe change positions. Like looking back, that was idiotic by the people that say that. So should he get more respect? Absolutely. He's, he's an MVP and possible two-time MVP. Like think about that, JT. There's not too many two-time MVPs. If he is the MVP this season, like people that still disrespect him, then it's like you said, they're being ignorant or they're being biased. They're being, you know, they're, they're being biased against, you know, certain aspects of the QB position. I will say the answer to the question is yes, he does deserve more respect. But I will I will push back on something you said that you think he's getting there. He's getting more and more respect. I always feel like the respect with Lamar Jackson is always to a certain degree disingenuous because I feel like the people that didn't respect him before always give him respect in the situation where they have no choice or it's the lesser of two evils. Like, keep in mind, it's the same quarterback that. I don't know if it's the beginning of this season or last season where the anonymous thing came out where they were like, there's some guys that work in the league. They were like, no matter how many MVPs in Super Bowl he wins, we don't think he's going to be a top quarterback in our ranking. So that's lets you know how people behind the scenes are thinking about a guy that plays like Lamar Jackson. And then just look at the offseason. For whatever reason, the Ravens didn't want to pay him. They made him fight tooth and nail to the end, to the deadline to pay him. Imagine if they didn't pay him where they would be this year right now. And then it's the same quarterback that teams that needed quarterbacks, Falcons, said, no, nah, we're good. We, we don't, we don't want to give up a first round pick. For we him. don't a first, a first, not even two, <laughs> a first. We don't think he's worth that. Like that That's right there. Crazy looking back. That right there tells me that the respect that he gets is not enough and it's disingenuous. And then you look at the other things like people all the time say, like, you know, he's not good. At, he's not a good thrower. You know, he doesn't win playoff games. And then now I see people giving him respect because of, oh, it's the cool thing at the moment. He's getting a lot of respect because people don't want to see, I I, I hate this, but they don't want to see a Taylor Swift Super Bowl with the Chiefs. So now it's like, I'm forced to root for Taylor Swift or forced to root for Lamar Jackson. That shouldn't be a thing, but it is. And now you're getting people like, you know what? I hate Taylor Swift so much that I'm going to root for Lamar. And it's like, you never rooted for Lamar. And that's why I feel like things like that, it's either when he gets more respect, it's because they have no choice. Like when he won an MVP, you had no choice but to give him his props. He wins another MVP this year, you have no choice but to give him more respect. He won a playoff game, you had to give him more respect. He gets to a Super Bowl or wins a Super Bowl or loses and plays like Jalen Hurts did in the Super Bowl, you have to give him no respect, more respect. It's not because you want to, it's because you have to. Or like I said, it's the lesser of two evils. Like 
you would rather this other person not win than Lamar Jackson. So by process of elimination, we have to root for him. So I wanted, I want, when I say more respect, I want it to be from a place where it's like genuine admiration. I respect this guy because he's one of the top players in the league and he's balling out. And that's where I want it to be. Hey, I cannot hear you. My bad. So the the thing why he should get more respect, regardless of whether he wins these next couple games or not, is because he's doing it without any running backs. Basically, third string running back with Gus Edwards at this point. Bro, they Dobbins, had Melvin Ingram Dob- and they signed Dalvin Cook on the roster. Right, Dobbins was out, Mitchell was out. So now you've got you've got basically running back by committee. He did it without Mark Andrews for half the year. Um, Bateman, we know what he is. Zay Flowers is a rookie. Odell OBJ, Beckham, we know what he is at this yep, point. Yep. So, I mean, he's he's doing it with basically a makeshift offense, which is, I think, this has been. I know he had the MVP year, which was amazing statistically, oh, but this may be his best job. Just like we talked about Tomlin's best job this year, this may be Lamar Jackson's. All right. Let's go to your favorite part. Yes, the NFL checkdown game. We'll give a question, and then we'll give multiple answers to it, and we'll pick the one that we feel is best. So, first one, JT. More disappointing, Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen? I hate to beat a dead horse. It's Josh Allen. I just expected him to be an MVP type player and elevate his team above the circumstances. I mean, I'm saying it again, like Mahomes does it, Lamar does it most of the time. So I'm I'm expecting Josh Allen to do what I expect those guys to do. So I look at it as more disappointing from like the actual individual quarterback in terms of like how that quarterback feels. And I think it's it's Baker because he threw two interceptions. And we know one of them was really costly. It ended the game. And I feel like, and I think, and I thought about it at the time, he reverted back to being Baker Mayfield, right? We know his history. Cleveland Baker. We know how Cleveland wanted him out. Um, And he kind of went back to that old Baker because he threw a pass by forcing it, which he didn't need to at the time, and it hurt his team. And, like, to me, I think Josh Allen maybe – I don't know. Again, you may disagree, but I feel like he didn't hurt his team directly the way Baker did. And was Buffalo the more disappointing of a team in season? Sure. Absolutely. I think there's no doubt there. But in terms of the quarterback individually, I think it was Baker because he had gotten over like, oh, Baker being Baker, follow Tom Brady. He fooled us. He was like, oh, yeah, Baker he, Baker turned a corner and then yeah, boom, he, here come two costly picks. And people started to forget about Tom Brady. Like, oh man, this could be a Super Bowl. Like First Cinderella. Everybody forgot about Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, they they were had that feeling of this maybe we a could do of, this of destiny. Yeah. yeah, like we could do this. So I think that's why it was so disappointing because it fell on him. It wasn't just like they got blown out and the defense played bad. It was like they had a chance at the end. They really did, and he yeah. forced it. It wasn't a fourth down play. Like he just forced it, and I kind of feel for him. Um, so that's why I would say more disappointing um, for Baker. All right, next one, more disappointing. Jordan Love's interception at the end of the game or Debo getting hurt again in the playoffs? Oh, Jordan Love's interception. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in a game, ever. Really? Worst? Yeah. It was so oh, bad. No, it, don't do, I, I, don't I, do I, Jay I, Love I've like ne- that. I've never, I've never seen something that – 
me as a fan sitting at home, the guys announcing the game, the fans in the stands, and other people watching on TV knew, all knew, should have never been done. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Throw it across your body, across the field, down the field. Like, at the end of the game, no, no, but everybody knows you're not supposed to do that. That was definitely worse. Well, it definitely was more disappointing, right, was his interception. <laughs> you know, you say that was the worst. I don't, I don't think it was. Not even in Packer history, uh, not even in playoff history because you got to go. It reminded me of Brett Favre. He did it in the 2010 NFC Championship game. He did the same thing. That was the title game. Brett Favre's a veteran. This was Jordan Love's only second playoff game. So it's is not it, is the your worst. answer love or is it Debo? No, no, it's Jordan Love, okay, but it's I'm not, it's sure, not the worst. Was let's agree on yeah, that. Yeah, it was, but I was defending Jordan Love in that it wasn't do the that. worst because we, we traded him away for these reasons. We saw we saw his potential. No, he's I saw the potential goodness, the good play out of him. All right, more impressive. Here's your guy, Lamar or Mahomes. I'm going to give him some respect, man. I love Mahomes, but I got to say more impressive to me has been Lamar just from the pressure and expectation standpoint. I mean, he even said it himself. The pressure is on. I think he he hears it because it's always like what I'm doing is not good enough. I got to win a playoff game. That's what everyone's judging me by. So I think him going in there, leading that team to another number one seed season and just performing in the playoffs against a good team that was hot. You know what I mean? That, that team was hot. So. I think him getting it done to me is more impressive. Yeah, I mean, he he did great. And I've got to go, though, with the GOAT. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is getting to that status. I think the difference here is Baltimore at home against the rookie quarterback where Mahomes, you talk about pressure. I think some people were doubting Mahomes that, hey, first playoff game, he's never played. On the like, road. That, that's, inc- that's an incredible stat. The dude's played in – 15 playoff games and none, all of them have been at home <laughs> all of them at home like that is an incredible stat so to go on the road I think there was some doubt like this team's not as good they were they, I mean you talk about a hot team Buffalo was as hot as they they come in the NFL in terms of right now and I think Mahomes carried them the victory like the defense struggled early on the running game was good but man he's making Rasheed Rice look better than being a rookie we know Kelsey, he's not the same Kelsey, but Mahomes, when you need it, here he goes, scrambling for 25 yards. It's taking nothing away from Lamar because he had a great game. I mean, offensively, he's the reason why they won. The defense played good, but offensively, he's the reason why they won with well, his legs let's, and let's, his arms. Let's also give props to Isaiah Pacheco, too. I mean, he Oh, he, absolutely. He, yeah. He he he's low, he's low-key on this playoff run where it's like they're gonna they're gonna run this offense through him if anything right. gets tight in these upcoming games. So I'm not discounting him, but Absolutely. I mean, yeah, Mahomes did his thing on the road for being on the road for the first time. All right, so more impressive, the, the Lions rookies this season or the Packers rookies? It's close, man, because it's like we bashed those Lions picks, especially that Jameer Gibbs one, and it's like, oh, you took them so high. <laughs> and the Packers just like, you know what, we'll, who needs first-round picks? We'll just pick all these guys <laughs> in the second and third round. Like, these rookies are nice, man, but I got to go with the Lions, man, like, Gibbs looks special. Laporta might be a top five tight end in the league already. And uh, Brian Branch on defense is looking like defensive rookie of the year type of guy. Like he should be in that conversation. Like he's been making plays on that defense since opening night. So I think for them to hit on those three guys, I know they got the kid, I think from Iowa, the linebacker too, that's playing in there. 
But those three guys, like those guys could be tops at their position already. And to hit on those guys in one draft, I think is is way more impressive than what the Packers did. So I'm going to go Packers because I think the average NFL fan would have heard of Gibbs first rounder, Sam Laporta second rounder. Plus Detroit's got those veterans. Um, St. Brown at this point is basically a veteran. Montgomery was allowed Gibbs to ease into things. And the quarterback is Jared Goff. So Laporta, Gibbs, veteran quarterback, been to a Super Bowl, Pro Bowl type quarterback. Like, but who are the Packers rookies that we're talking about? I don't even know. Like, most people still don't know their names. I, I know do. there's I know there's Wicks, Jalen Reed, who Jaden Reed, there's Jayden. Tucker Kraft, Luke Musgrave. There's a I mean, bunch of guys. Like a lot of people don't know those names, and they're doing it with a first-year starting quarterback in the post-Aaron Rodgers era. And they're a big part of the success in the second half of this season. Like the Lions were getting good at the end of last year before the rookies. The Packers. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Now they come in with a first-year starter, and these guys, Wicks, Reed, they're the reason why they beat uh, the Rams in the um, – not the Rams, I'm sorry, that they won their first-round game in Dallas. So that's why I put the Packers rookies above is because they're doing it with the younger quarterback, and it's after Aaron Rodgers where there were all these questions, and they didn't make the playoffs last year because they lost to Detroit. Well, so, well before you, I don't think you can go wrong either way, though. Apparently, I can. So, before we go on to you the next one, do. I actually forgot to ask this question. But since we're talking about the Lions, this is a perfect time. Are we not taking the Lions seriously enough still? Um, I think, I think there is, I think there's some truth to it. I, 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 I agree that I think there's still some people not taking them seriously. This team's twenty-two and seven. Over the last 29 games, <laughs> that's a hell of a record. They're, some people, if, if it was a different quarterback and coach, some people would call that a dynasty. Like, it, <laughs> like when you do that, they're like, Oh, is this the beginning of a dynasty? Right. Because it's Jared they, Goff, the Lions, and Dan Campbell. We're just right. like, All right, cool, it's going on in the background, and they're doing it in Detroit, and it's like, Oh, that, that won't last. Yeah, but they have the second best rush defense, they're well rounded offensively. You mentioned all of those guys, both coordinators. Um, will be looked at for head coaching positions once they can be interviewed after the playoffs. You have uh, Aaron Glenn and I believe Ben Johnson. So how can you not be taking them seriously? But I think you're right. There's a valid point to your question. Like, I think some people are still low key, like sweeping them under the rugs, like under the rug, like, oh, same old lions. I agree with everything you just said. And, it's, and especially on the point of those two coordinators, like these Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson might be two of the top five coordinators on either side of the ball in the league. Like I you, you saw it on hard knocks two years ago, especially with Glenn. I was like, yeah, he, he going to be a head coach someday. Cause yeah, like, he's got that head coach him. material. Yep. He just, he just got that. He just got that, that feeling about him that I saw it on camera. Like players will gravitate toward that. I think on top of everything you said, the thing that is keeping Detroit from getting respect or being taken more seriously it's the way people feel about Dan Campbell. They think he's quirky and a goof. And it's like, this guy actually knows what he's doing. And I, I'll admit it, when they hired him, I was like, mm, I don't know, man. Like, because he didn't have the experience yet. And I was like, I don't know. Because usually with those types of coaches, we're like, what's his specialty? And then does he know how to build a staff? And he answered the question. He knows how to lead this team. And he knows how to build a staff. So I think because Dan Campbell, how people feel about him, that's why people don't take them seriously. And it's a mistake because 
I remember when he was the interim head coach for the Dolphins. We ain't lose. So he, everywhere he's gone, he's been a part of winning, whether he's the guy or he is the guy next to the guy. So he's got his own show in Detroit, and I think we do need to take them more seriously. All right, so then who is more deserving of a $200 million contract? Jordan Love or Brock Purdy? Oh, this is easy. Not even close. It's Jordan Love because he carried more of the burden for his team than Brock Purdy did. I'm sorry. Brock Purdy is no different to me than Jimmy Garoppolo or any of those quarterbacks that they put in that system. Is like, look, just be the point guard. Get it to these 80 million weapons that we have. You just mentioned it. The rookies for the Packers, nobody outside of us and real fans know who they are. And they're all rookies. And this guy was a first-year starter replacing Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. And you go to the second round of the playoffs with these weapons. I think Jordan Love showed that that $20 million contract they signed him to before the season was a steal. It was a deal. He definitely deserves $200 million. It more than Brock Purdy, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely Jordan Love. I mean – I think I told you back when they made this pick that I liked it back in 2020 because they were planning for the future. I, I Listen, I wish my Steelers had done this. I mean, honestly, can we be real about this? I know we've said it before, but there's a reason why the Packers took Jordan Love in that draft. Like Aaron Rodgers came off like two subpar years where they thought like, hey, he might be done or declined to the point where let's replace him before it's too late. And then right. all of a right. sudden he started playing like an MVP again. Like the, It's not like the Packers were like, yeah, we got an MVP. Let's draft him the quarterback. No, Aaron Rodgers was not playing well. So I hate that that he got caught up in that, and that's how people feel right. about him until they eventually saw him play. So, I mean, I wish my Steelers had done that. And I wrote down Jimmy G, too. Like, Jimmy G was successful in this 49ers system. Yeah. So it's like Purdy might be the right guy for the 49ers. I'm not disagreeing with that. But, like, it doesn't mean he's better than Jordan Love. Like, I wrote this down, too. Jordan Love can carry a team. And I think that's what he had to do. And like, I think Purdy needs all the right pieces to win. Like I do. And, and I read an article that said the opposite of what we're saying, JT, that, that Purdy can put a team on his back and carry them. The 49ers have asked him to do more than Jordan Love and that Jordan Love is more of a system quarterback. And I'm like, either that a system was, you, you listen, calling somebody was, other than Brock Purdy a system know, quarterback? But, but, you, but, but you know, but you know what's funny about I couldn't that? Believe though? that. This I is exactly this. This is exactly what's happening. They're already forming your next Lamar Dak versus Josh yeah. Allen right argument because right. Brock Purdy. I didn't get a chance to bring him up, but he also falls into that Josh Allen category when he does not perform. It's like. Oh, well, he was Mr. Irrelevant. He's a seventh yeah. round pick. He, you know, he, nobody expected this from this guy. But when yeah. he does anything successful, it's like, oh my God, he's he's the next Brady. Like this, right. this guy is the next great quarterback. Like he's freaking Captain America. Like right. he had a terrible game against the Packers. I'm sorry. But right up until he, that he had, last drive. I mean, he had, a, he had a moment of greatness. And it was so funny. I, I, I forgot who tweeted it, but I was on Twitter before that last drive and somebody tweeted it perfect time. And they're like, Brock Purdy's going to have a good last draft of this game, and we're going to make the game all about that and discount yeah. that his performance throughout this entire game was, was not the reason, good. The reason and they right were behind. On That's yeah. what happened. Yeah. So, it, yeah, and I it's agree. A shame, and it's a shame because then Jordan Love's worst moment of the season came right after that touchdown when he threw that bad interception we talked about. And the, so the article, I couldn't believe that. I was like, either, either you and I are watching completely wrong foot. Like, we're – 
we're our either opinion, we're either we're watching the wrong game or yeah. these guys aren't going to journalism school. I, I need to check their degrees because that the, the, I, who who was the editor? I don't know the, that the, allowed this to come out in the last ten games leading up to that playoff game. Purdy threw ten interceptions. Jordan Love only three. I think that's your answer right there. Jordan Love can protect the ball, but he makes all those off balance throws, off platform throws. He looks like a mix of Favre and Aaron Rodgers when he's making those throws. Now he he definitely deserves it before Brock Purdy. If they yeah, both it's... get it, great for them. But he should get it before Brock. Yeah, and also it's how players talk about them. I remember when. Uh, Jordan Love had the first game win against the Bears, and he threw like three touchdowns. And all I yeah. heard from the Bears players like, "Ah, he ain't that great. Like he didn't do nothing." I'm like, the dude <laughs> won and threw three touchdowns, but it's like Brock Purdy has a shitty game, has one good drive at the end of the game, yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, he's the, he's the missing link. Like we need this guy to win a Super Bowl. And I'm like, what? Because imagine if Jordan Love played that way. If Jordan Love played the way that Brock Purdy played in that game on that team, he'd be Trey Lance. That's exactly how they would look at him. Like a guy that we carried to this win. Yeah. Can we talk about some NBA? I feel like we haven't talked about the NBA in a while. Let's go. There's a lot of All stuff right. happening there. <laughs> For real, man. Football is almost done, but basketball is starting to heat up. So we're going to focus over on basketball over the next upcoming months. Uh, historical night this week. <laughs> so Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns went off. Man, uh, Embiid scored 70 points in the game, uh, and Carl Anthony Towns scored 62 points in the game. The great thing about both of these is Don played against both these guys in fantasy at the same time, so I'm pretty sure he lost that matchup. Unbelievable. It was over by Monday night for me. I don't even look at the Those are the best the types of matchups. So let's get right to it. Which performance was more impressive, Cat or Embiid? Oh, it's easy. And Bede's team won. Cat's team did it. But if we're going to get further into it, it's easily still in B. He's the first player, JT, since Wilt in 1963 to have at least 70 points and 15 rebounds. He's actually the first player ever in NBA history with a line of at least 70 points, at least 15 rebounds, and at least five assists. And he had only one turnover. So he had the most points with one turnover or less since individual turnovers became an official stat in the 1977-78 season. And he played 36 minutes and 38 seconds, which is the fewest minutes played in a 70-point game in NBA history. I mean, on top of that, he now has 21 consecutive 30-plus point games. I mean... It is incredible what that one game that Embiid had. It, it, it's just incredible what he did. Easy, yeah, easy mean, answer. No I mean, how could, how could I argue? How could I argue against Stat Muse when you pull out all this historical data? And I will say this: the most impressive thing, like you said, out of all that, because people can score. You know, like once you get hot and teammates, since you can get to a certain level of points, like they'll right. feed you the ball. I they'll get feed, that. Yeah. Yep. But the man had one turnover. You know if you're dropping 70 points, the ball is in your hand a lot. You're getting the high usage. For you as a big man to have one turnover, look at it from a fantasy perspective. He did all these things and did not kill your turnovers. So you lost every category you played <laughs> against him. You, a guy handled the ball that many times, and you but still lost a turnover category. And, and you know the worst part is the field goal percentage because the, since the guy had both Cat and Embiid, they both shot the ball a lot, and they both shot like near 60%. Well from the field. <laughs> yeah, like 
he he his team is shooting 59% collectively, and it's all because of Cat and Embiid. And that shit's not coming down just out no. of sheer sheer shot attempts from those two guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Embiid, it's Embiid. All right, next one. Who is the MVP so far? Joel Embiid or Shea Gilgis Alexander? Man, you know, it, it's a tough one. And Shea's having a great year, but you got to go and beat JT 36.1 points. I've said it the past two years. It's impressive when a center in this day and age, this isn't the early nineties anymore. In this day and age, when the center can score this much 36.1, we're talking like MJ type of status here on top of that 11.6 rebounds, almost six assists a game. Shea's having a good year, but 31.1 points. 5.6 rebounds, 6.4 assists. Shea is the point guard. He's the primary ball handler. Embiid is a center. They have almost the same assists per game. So I think you've got to go Embiid. Embiid's the centerpiece of that team. Shea is, but he has a lot of young help. And what I mean by that is he's got that youth. They're going to get up and down the court. Different guys can pick up the slack. In Philly, it's boom or bust for Philly, depending on Embiid's play. Uh, it's close, but I disagree, man. Like, specifically for that. your guy. No, specific, I, I respect that. I specifically respect that. for that point, man, it's the Thunder have way more weapons around him, and he's doing this, like, with less usage than Embiid. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Embiid by any means. Like, he should, he should definitely be top two MVP at the MVP discussion, but. I think Shea got a legit chance to beat him because they're both averaging 32 plus. You got five, six rebounds a game plus the six assists. But here's the kicker more talent around him, which means he's seen the ball less, but he's almost averaging three steals a game. Like he's doing it on the defensive end. Like this is the best two way player in the league, I think, right now. And nobody's talking about because he plays in OKC. So if I had to give my vote right now, I think it's Shea just because. He's doing it with less usage, and when you do stuff like this with less usage, it just means you're more efficient. But, I mean, Embiid's having a monster year as well. I mean, but i seen him score. He's been a scoring champ for, like, two years. So, I mean, what more does he need to do? He needs to do some Jokic-type stuff, which we'll talk about later. So, you got Embiid. That's your guy. I got Shea. Let's talk about the Bucks. They fired their head coach, Adrian Griffin, uh, on Tuesday, the Bucks are currently the second seed in the East with a 30 and 13 record, which 30 wins is number two in the NBA overall. So I I don't understand this. So we'll talk about it. Was it the right move by the Bucks letting Griffin go despite the team's success in the, in the hey, record column? Hey, if Giannis said enough is enough with Adrian Griffin, then it was the right move. Listen, superstar players always win the power struggle, and. I, I agree with the players. Like, it's the NBA, man. Like, if you've got a superstar player like Giannis, you got to keep that guy happy. And um, you can't have Giannis and Dane questioning their coach. And I think the real kicker was defensively, JT. Um, he did not have them playing at a level where they could win a title. And we said it when they got rid of Budenholzer, like, that's a bad move. He switched, meaning Adrian Griffin, switched the Budenholzer system to the one that he had in Toronto when I think he was an assistant there to generate, to try to generate more turnovers. But the Bucs, um, but Toronto was young and lengthy at the time and they could play in that defense. The Bucs are not. 
You got and Damian Lillard, who's never really been a defensive right, player right, out there. Right. Like, like let's be real. Yeah, you can't play that way or, or force them to play that way. And what that did was, and instead, it pulled the guys like a Brooke Lopez away from the rim. So instead of having rim protection, they're the now allowing yeah, they're allowing more points and offensive rebounds because the big is pulled away from the rim. And he tried to change that at the end. He was open to listening to Giannis, but it just I think it was too little too late. And I think really the writing should have been on the wall for everyone when Terry Stotts, who's known as that defensive assistant coach, that he left prior to the season a little bit after Adrian Griffin was named head coach. So maybe it was Griffin even at the time. So I I think with Giannis wanting him gone and the defense not playing to the level that they need to win a title, regardless of whether they're 30 and 13 or whatever, that you had to make the move now if you're going to do it. They bring in Doc. We'll see if that's the right move. But I think it is the right move in letting him go. Yeah, I think this. I think the Terry Stotts thing. We should have read more into that when it happened. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm surprised league, you did it. You usually have some conspiracy theory I, off I, the I, wall when I, things like that happen. I assume. I assumed it was. I assumed he stepped away because there was something behind the scenes that he did wrong that we didn't know about. But it sounds like he just didn't work. Want to work with this Adrian Griffin dude, and the players were like, "Damn, you should have taken us with you." I agree. I don't because because the NBA, the regular season, I guess, is misleading. 30, 30 and 13 is a great record. But I mean, if the players aren't playing playoff basketball, like if you're showing errors in your game, that's going to cost you a playoff series. then you got to get rid of that coach because Giannis ain't going nowhere. and Dame ain't going nowhere. So if they're not playing basketball at a level that you feel can get you an NBA championship, I don't care what the regular season record is. I got to get a coach in there. They can get those guys on the same page and get them playing playoff basketball. Because we know in the NBA, the regular season doesn't matter. So I do think it was the right move. Now, you were saying replacing them with Doc. Mm, I don't know. because I seen. Well, they Doc, did Doc. already, supposedly. Yeah, they, already yeah, they did. did. Yeah. I seen yeah. Doc Rivers' track record in the playoffs. So, I mean, be careful what you wish for. But I want to know more about this because, yes, I do understand maybe their defense suffered and maybe he wasn't the easiest to work with. But I got a real issue with – guys in the league picking and choosing who they let be tough to the tough tough on them with coaching regardless of what the record is because i'm sorry like tom thibodeau is one of those guys i'm like he seems like a very tough coach to play for but what does he want for players to be like all right we're gonna buy into this at all costs like i i i want to hear more about adrian griffin and how he interacted with those players because what what Giannis have done this with with Mike Budenholzer, if it was the same exact situation, I'm not so sure. Would he have done it with a Quinn Snyder? I'm not so sure. So uh, guys like Adrian Griffin always get ran out of town because the players don't get along. But it's like, do you have that same mentality with every type of coach that comes in there? Because you guys got 30 wins. It, could, could this have been something that they fixed as the season progressed? Maybe. But it doesn't seem like they wanted to do it. But my only guess is he probably said something bad about the Nassas not should not being on the team. And he was like, all right, you got to get out of here. So. That would be my only guess, but I do think if, like you said, Giannis and Dame aren't feeling it, you got to get them out of there because it's a player's league. So you mentioned Doc Rivers, um, and I only bring this question up because I thought Chris Canty on ESPN's 
um, morning yeah. show, radio morning show, um, brought up a really good point. And I want to see if you agree with it or not. That Doc Rivers is like the Mike McCarthy of the NBA. No, I don't. And I know that's the question really? you're going to have. Yes, because no, no, no. My, I'm, a, I'm asking. I'm asking you now. I'm asking no, you I, now. I, I, I don't because Doc Rivers is more of he'll jump to the easy situation that's that seems like it's ready to win. Like he did it all the time. Like went to Boston, stuff got tough. Went to L.A., stuff got tough. Went to Philly, stuff got tough. He left. Whereas like Mike McCarthy, I think he likes to go place, try to set his roots down, and try to build it on his own. Are they both unsuccessful? Usually, yes. <laughs> Mike McCarthy Damn. has won. But Damn. no, I don't think he's McCarthy. I think I, I don't want to call him like a like a Jersey hopper, but I, I think Doc Rivers just goes to the most beneficial situation. He's not he's not trying to build anything. Well, remember, he did start in Orlando to try to build it, but I actually think I actually think that's a good comparison. Like I, I think I think Chris Canty is is right because when you look at it, they each have a ring and they won it early on. And then had very much sustained regular season success, but then blew it in the playoffs. Lost their fastball in the playoffs. So to speak. <laughs> and not only that, when they won the title, Aaron Rodgers was with Green Bay, and Doc Rivers had the big three kind of still in their prime. And that was a big reason why they won it with the Celtics, was because of Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. And they haven't won one since. And they're they're the type of coaches that will be retreads because of so much success and they're highly respected. So I think that's kind of spot on. That was a great comparison by Chris Kane, I thought. All right, there you go. So let's go. Let's go to forget about it for Gazy. We're gonna read a statement. And then if we agree with it, we think it's a hot take, we'll say forget about it. If we disagree with it, if we think it's a bad take, we'll say. Fugazi. So, JT, first one, Joel Embiid has passed Jokic as the best player in the NBA. Oh, wow. You still don't want to give him credit. I got to I got to I got to go Fugazi because if we're if oh, we're if we're if we're letting him leap Jokic, Embiid has to perform in the playoffs and win a championship before I'm willing to do that. Like right now, he is the Josh Allen of the NBA. Like it's great. He, he's great during the regular season, has all the stats. Like, I want to I want to build my team around a player that plays and looks like him and has his ability. But when he gets to that playoffs, he does not play the same. He got to win one. Come on, man. Jokic's got three MVPs in the championship. I'm not putting him. I'm not putting a beat over him yet. I don't mean to bring up old stuff from like an hour ago, but. You just said that you're going to start giving Embiid heat until he wins a title because he's a MVP. That sounds a lot like Lamar Jackson. Oh, that's yeah, all I'm and, saying. And, and you know, you know, it's funny. I do give Lamar heat because he should when? be winning. What? Always give him heat. He should that's be winning. Guy, because but, but, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm, re, I'm realistic. I'm realistic. And plus, basketball, basketball is different. Embiid can make a difference. Yeah. Embiid, yeah. I'm sorry, like this is Jokic, man. Like, like they had they couldn't give the MVP to nobody else until they cried for Joel Embiid. Like he won a championship. Come on, man. Like, I can't put him over him. Are you doing it? I, I of course I am. This is forget about it. Go you, you, you and Germ have been.
in this argument for like three years, man. Like, and no. we're winning it. No, we no, are, you're not. We're just clear. Keep, just, keep, just keeps becoming more immortal. No. Just keep winning no. MVPs. No, we're I don't clearly, know. we're clearly MVP winning. MVP will never catch him. And B just won an MVP. He's going to win another. Let me tell you why. And beat again. Let me repeat this. 36.1 points a game, 11.6 rebounds, 6 assists. Jokic, 26.2 points a game. That's 10 points less. 12 rebounds, pretty much the same. 9 assists. That's only 3 more than Embiid. So at the end of the day, Embiid produces 4 more points a game for his team than Jokic does. I don't know what else to say about that. Hey, man, Jokic like, on cruise control, he's still not better. Sorry. It's clearly Embiid. Embiid is the better player All right, right next now. one. Let's right run through now. these. Uh, Josh Allen. No, no, let me read. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll read him. Good. I'll read him. You, you've done enough this episode. Josh Allen should want to trade from the Bills. Oh, forget about it. Absolutely. Trade me somewhere where it doesn't have to be all on my shoulders to get stuff done. And also move me somewhere where I play indoors or it's warm weather in December. <laughs> get me the hell out of Buffalo. Right. Like, I don't want, I don't want my fans having to quit their jobs to come <laughs> dig a ditch so I can play a football game. Like, that's ridiculous. Get me in a dome or get me on South Beach. Get me the hell out of Buffalo. I'm sorry. So no to anybody in Buffalo. Don't, we love our Buffalo fans, but, like, get me out of there. Sorry. So the last part might be, you know, a good point with the weather. But, no, this is for Gazy. The fans love him there, JT. Like, he's never going to go anywhere else and get that sort of love. I mean, they truly like love him there. He's their guy. They're going to ride his back till the end of the career. And, you know, he's at a franchise that hasn't had a whole lot of success lately. And listen, for Josh Allen, that's the type of place you want to be. You grow your legacy. You grow your legend there. And there's no answering like Dak has to or Kenny Pickett has to like or Jordan Love has to like there's there's no footsteps to follow. There's no pressure of, hey, it's Super Bowl or bust every year. Like, it's not. And, and that's where guys can really thrive. So for him, that's for Gazy. Do not ask for a trade out of Buffalo. All right, last one. Teams need to bring back sitting rookie quarterbacks in year one. I think it's forget about it, man. I think we get so caught up in the Joe Burrows of the world, the Patrick, even Patrick Mahomes sat, but we get caught up in guys like CJ Stroud having immediate success. And it's like, that's not always the case. That's the exception, not the rule. Like we forget once upon a time, like in our lifetime, like that was the norm, like great ones, Carson Palmer sitting that whole first year. So I think they need to do it on a case by case basis. But if sitting the quarterback is an option, I don't think it should be something that's like frowned upon. I think they should honestly strongly consider doing it because a lot of these guys aren't ready and because they're not ready, we're forcing them into game action. And if they don't, if they don't swim and if they sink instead of swim, it's ruining them. Look at Josh Rosen; like <laughs> he never recovered. Yeah, I, it's forget about it. I think I've been telling you this for years. Like you go look at the history of it; very few rookie quarterbacks have that great first year, and sometimes it's ruined. The, the obvious example is David Carr. He was sacked at the time, a record time in Houston, I think like 74 times. Yeah, it was insane. Ruined his, ruined his career. He was never the same. Josh Rosen. So I think there's always exceptions, right, if you don't have a better quarterback or on the roster. Or in Houston's case, I think they felt comfortable with that offensive line, right? You've got all pro uh, uh, Tunzel over there. So 
I think in certain situations, yes, but you look at Mahomes, like Burrow, think about Burrow. He was injured his first year, right? That O-line was not good. Had you saved him toward the end of the year? He might have added five years to his career. Exactly. And like Mahomes, I'm not saying that he wouldn't still be the same, but he had that early success, in my opinion, because he got to sit behind the ultimate professional in Alex Smith. He got look to at, learn look the at, look at all the quarterbacks. Jalen yeah. Hurts is another one. He had the, he had to wait, right? And I just think that, and you see Tua now. He's he's had that ability and time to develop, and he looks a lot better too. Um, even though he was thrown in early on, but not that early on. They, right? hand, they, they really didn't hand it over to him until year two. Exactly. So, like, I'm a big believer in that. I really am. I think the NFL game is so hard, especially for quarterbacks that. If you can start to learn coverages, learn how to just be, learn how to just be on your own, right? For the first time in your life as a, as a, as a young player, as a and young, rich, as a young, rich man, <laughs> that's true. So I, I, I'm a big believer in that. Like you said, there's exceptions, but I'm, I'm a big believer in that. All right. So last segment, and then we'll be done weekend predictions. All right. We got weekend predictions. We've got only two games on the slate. Let me get the records here. All right, after you last week, this long, man. The show's already going too long. You're I, dragging this out. Come on, man. Last Can't week, wait. You're dragging. Last week, Ken Ken again beat us. He's easily in the driver's seat. Thirty-one and 13, 18 games above five hundred. JT and I are still tied. 22 and 22. I almost I almost had you this weekend too because the Packers would have pulled that shit off. What are you talking about? You picked the Bills anyway. I know. Oh, I, I mean, it had that. had the Buccaneers had the Buccaneers pulled that one out. I would be in the lead anyway. Chiefs at Ravens. Who you got, JT? Big trust, man. Going with my Super Bowl pick, Ravens. Uh, King Ken is going Ravens. Listen. I ain't betting against the goat. I'm not going against Mahomes. I'm not oh, going wow. against. I'm I'm wow. going. With, I'm going with Mahomes. Wow. Going, plus, you know me as a Steeler fan. I don't want to have to root for Baltimore. I really. Well, you, better, you better get used to it because they're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> don't mean I got to root for them. So I'm going Chiefs there, and then Lions at 49ers. I'm gonna start giving them their due and their respect. Lions gonna get this one. I'm gonna go as well as King Ken 49ers. You know, JT, dome teams, we saw it last week with Houston. Dome teams have a problem playing on the road in the outdoors. playoffs. In the playoffs, outdoors. Yes, sorry. Outdoors in the playoffs. I think that game in San Francisco, night game, the crowd, who knows? Is, is it going to be the weather like we saw against Green Bay? Like yeah. that's typical San Francisco football there. Muck it up, mud. Run the ball, rain. Detroit don't want that weather. They do not want that weather. I don't know what the forecast is like, but it doesn't matter. I'm still going to go 49ers as well as King Ken. So, JT, after next week, we only got one more game, the Super Bowl. So, our records coming I, I down think I to get, If the Ravens make the Super Bowl, I think I should get double points because I picked them in the beginning of the year. We should do that. But what if the 49ers go? I, I picked them to go. You didn't pick them to go. I had Buffalo in, in the 49ers. Uh, we need to go. We need to go review the tape. I don't know. I reviewed it last week. Well, uh, how convenient. Well, right, let's wrap this up. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trusting you. Let's wrap this up. All right. So thank you to the fans and listeners out there for listening. 
as always, and remember to please subscribe to us, JT and the Don All Sports Podcast presented by Give Us a Shot Network. We can be found on all the major platforms where you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to please follow us on social media. Our handle, JT and the Don, we can be found on Instagram, X, Facebook, and TikTok. So, JT, a lot of fun as always. Great episode, man. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.